0: You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go on this Thursday, January 20th, 2022. Welcome to Locked On Bearcats. Thank you for making us your first listen of every day. Alex Frank here bringing all of my experiences from my days as the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media Sports Director here to Locked On Bearcats. I would have loved... One of these nights, even though I never experienced them at Bearcats Media. And that is, and I love them here, of course, on Lockdown Bearcats. Even though it's a late night tip-off tonight from Fifth Third Arena. I never experienced a late night tip-off calling a game at 9 o'clock. The only time I did was, well, actually I experienced some, I should say. There were some 8 o'clock tip-offs, some... Seven or I'm sorry, some eight thirty tip there was an eight thirty tip-off the very first game of John Brandon's head coaching career at Ohio State. I remember that game, and there was a nine o'clock tip-off in there somewhere. That it was the uh legend showcase against Iowa in Chicago. We commentated that game, so that was a late night, even though we were an hour behind in the central time zone, so it was really eight o'clock for us, but still experienced some late night tip-offs. Um, they're interesting. I mean, it's it's nine o'clock on the East Coast. There were a lot. My first two years at UC, there there were several. My first two years at Cincinnati, Mick Cronin's last two years. I think in his second and last season there were like three, and then in in his final season there were. I know there was one. No, there were two because UCLA was a nine o'clock tip eight thirty Mississippi State. So there were some. Point point being that tonight's a late night game. It, the Bearcats are taking on Tulsa uh in a game they should win. Uh Tulsa's six and nine, they're 0 and four. This is not the same Tulsa team that we have seen over the years. They were two years ago a really good team. Like if I'm curious I I, I am still curious to this day. If the conference tournament had not been cancelled in twenty twenty. The all conference tournaments, really, the major ones, had not been canceled. And they were played. How Tulsa would have done. Because that year, in what was a weird year around college basketball entirely, Tulsa was really good. Tulsa was, um, I think it was tri-regular season champions with Cincinnati and Houston. Tulsa earned the... Three seed, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, they were three. And with Houston, I I might want, I, I I need to look this up. The 2020 conference tournament because it was a three-way tie. And I'm not remembering off the top of my head. I I I want to say Houston was the two. But I don't believe that that is. It was a three-way tie. And it's interesting because that tournament never happened. Tulsa was the three. Okay, so Tulsa was three. Both, all three teams finished 13-5. and five. Wichita State, who was a bubble team that year, was 11-7. and seven. UConn, who maybe was a bubble team that year, was 10-8. and eight. Same two with Memphis. I mean, that conference that year was really good. And that's a perfect segue into what I want to talk about because tonight they're facing a the Tulsa team that's not really good. Like, they are... This is a team the Bearcats should beat by 30. And they have beaten Tulsa by 30 before. Twice when I was at Cincinnati, they beat Tulsa by 24 and 31. And there have been some close games between these two teams over the years. Last year, they played two really close games. One here in Cincinnati, in which the Bearcats lost. The other um, in... Tulsa, which the Bearcats won by a point. And I just I just think this is a game, and this is part of my path to the NCAA tournament. Tulsa 6-9, and nine, they're 0-4. They're one of two teams in the conference that are 0-4. The Bearcats will play them twice, the other one coming on February the 12th, which is the day before the Super Bowl. Same. If the Bearcats are going to get to the NCAA tournament, and and this conference has lost a lot. This conference, I remember its first season had at least three teams in the tournament, if not more. And it was a good conference. No, I'm sorry, they had four teams. I forgot Louisville was in the conference. Man, it was Cincinnati, Louisville, UConn, and Memphis. And they all made the tournament. And 2018, you had three teams. Houston, Wichita State, Cincinnati. You had three teams make it from 2019. UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Last year, you had two. But you saw last year just... This conference just unfortunately has lost any major standing in college basketball. So that puts more pressure on teams to win the conference tournament and I remember I asked Mick Cronin this question I was at his radio show his, his second to last radio show I believe his second to last it was after the conference tournament in 2019 the Bearcats won they were off to the NCAA tournament they were going to be a a seven seed they had a lot of momentum and I asked Mick Cronin this question I said, are regular season championships or conference tournament championships more meaningful in this conference? Because my thought at the time, and I still think it now, is both. Because, like I said, it's a, it's a conference where you need to win your conference tournament now, really, to get in. But you win a regular season championship in a conference like the American, which has some good teams and has some good programs. that still there. Still holds as there still holds some value. Maybe not like an ACC or a Big 12, but there still is a lot of value. So I have five I have five things on my path to the NCAA tournament, if you're Cincinnati. They're going to come in 13-5, 3-2 in American Athletic Conference play. So here are my five, five things the Bearcats need to do if they're going to get to the NCAA tournament. Because I've seen... I've seen this week a lot of bubble projections. I saw a next four out. I saw in the Athletic, the Bearcats are on the fringe of being in the mix. So it's not far-fetched to think this team can make the NCAA tournament. Dan Horde, you listen to him when I talked to him before the Cotton Bowl, he thinks they can. If you watch them in the Hall of Fame Classic, you would have thought that. So let's go through... My five things the Bearcats need to do to, to get to the NCAA tournament. Fun fact, I think the Bearcats win tonight, I'll say 71-55. to 55. Number one, the Bearcats need to beat everybody in the conference besides Houston and SMU on the road. You can't afford to lose tonight. You can't afford to lose to Wichita State when you play them again. You can't afford to, to lose to Memphis again. You can't afford to lose to Temple, UCF, Tulane, USF, East Carolina. You can't afford to lose many games in conference play. I'm thinking you have to go at least 15-3, and if not 16-2, and which Cincinnati has done before. They went 16-2 and two years in a row. It got them to the NCAA tournament, and again, in a much better conference. But still, if you beat everybody in the conference... I'm not saying you have to be Houston. If you do, you'd be stealing a win. And SMU on the road is not going to be easy. That's gonna be a, a great tune-up game. It's on March 3rd in Dallas. Another nine o'clock tip, I believe. That's a great tune-up game where if you can find a way to win that game, that's gonna go that's gonna go far under your resume. They already have one really good win over SMU this season, and they have owned that rivalry for whatever reason. Number two, they gotta get to the AAC championship game. I I don't think they can, even if they have a great regular season conference record, I don't think they can afford to just win one game in the tournament. I think they need to get to the conference championship game. If you play Houston there and both teams are really good and Houston were to win, then I think okay, the Bearcats can still get in as an as an as an at-large. It might involve playing the first four. Hey, and playing in Dayton wouldn't be so bad. Number three. They gotta continue to shoot well from three. Teams that win the NCAA tournament, Baylor, Virginia, Villanova, those teams shoot well from three. Number four, they gotta get better at rebounding. You can't give up second chance points in the NCAA tournament. They gotta find a way to rebound the basketball. Whether it's from Abdullah Du, whether it's from Hayden Koval off the bench, and it's Jeremiah Davenport swooping in for rebounds, they gotta find a way because signature bearcat basketball is pounding the glass. They have to get better at that. Number five, Jeremiah Davenport has to go on a tear at the right time. Your best player has to be hot. He has to have a string of games that just carry this team to the tournament. Like Jaron Cumberland in 2018 and 2019, that's what needs to happen. Your best player, Yancey Gates and Sean Kilpatrick in 2012, they need to step up and go on a tear at the right time. That's in March. That's at the end of the regular season at SMU. It's in the conference tournament. And hopefully in the NCAA tournament. So those are the five things that need to happen for Cincinnati to make the NCAA tournament. Beat everybody in the conference that they should besides Houston and SMU on the road. They need to get to the AAC championship game. They need to continue to shoot well from three. Get better at rebounding. And Jeremiah Davenport, because he's the best player, has to go on a tear at the right time. Do all five things. And I think there may be Potential for an ad large bid. This is a good Bearcats team. They, they, there's life within this Bearcats team. I thought Saturday, a uh, Sunday's win, excuse me, at Wichita State, was a typical Bearcats win. A grinded out kind of game. They didn't shoot well. There was, you know, lulls in the game. They were down ten in the first half, and they found a way to win on the road at a venue where they've won a lot recently. Four times in the last five years, they would beat Wichita State. There's a lot to like here with this Bearcats team. Really, there is. But they need to do some things that they, need, that they need to get better at and then accomplish some things down the road to get to where they ultimately want to go, which is the NCAA tournament. Talk more about men's basketball. There is also some news on the football front and... I'm going to put some history in this episode because, and I may make some of you angry when I say this because of the time we are in Bearcats football, but I want to go back to the Brian Kelly years. Why? You'll find out later on in this episode of Locked Bearcats. Alright, so this is it. The putt to win the tournament if you sink it. The championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses netsuite.com slash locked once again thank you for making lockdown bearcats your first listen of every day we are free and available on all platforms alex frank here with you on this thursday game day the bearcats getting set to take on the tulsa golden hurricane tonight from fifth third arena nine o'clock tip on espnu john Schriffin, perry clark On the call, you can also hear the game live on 700 WLW, Dan Horde, Terry Nelson, Mo Egger on the call from 5th 3rd Arena, 8.30, just after the 8.30 news on 700 starts their pregame coverage. You know, I'm looking through some of the categories and, and the standings, statistical categories in this conference, and you'll notice Houston's first in scoring offense and scoring defense, Cincinnati is actually second in scoring defense at 62.4 points allowed per game. Uh, Cincinnati is also allowing the second-fewest field goal percentage. They... Um, Cincinnati does lead the conference in assist-to-turnover ratio, so that's good. But you look at, look at the rebounding categories. Houston's first in offensive and defensive. Shocking. I know. Houston leads... Houston is... First in rebound offense and first in rebound defense. They are first in rebound margin. But Cincinnati is just, they have to get better rebounding the ball. They're only allowing, they're only, I believe they're averaging like 35.7 rebounds a game. Like that's good, but you feel like it could get better, right? I don't think, I might be looking at the wrong um no Cincinnati is is pulling down um 38.2 rebounds game excuse me 38.2 so Cincinnati's pulling down 38.2 rebounds game it's actually fourth in the conference I was confused on how to read that um Houston shockingly is first the Bearcats are fourth so that's good but at the moment where I think about thirty-eight point two rebounds a game, like that's you're doing something right. They're just giving up too many rebounds at thirty-five. Houston's rebound margin is plus six point nine four. So, what they need to get better at is increasing the number of rebounds they pull on themselves versus the amount of rebounds they're giving up. And you look at individual scoring. You look at individual scoring around the conference. I mean, Houston's dominating those. Cincinnati, I mean, we can go through scoring. You've got um, Houston's got Kyler Edwards in the top 10. The Bearcats, their best scorer, Jeremiah Davenport's 12th. You go to rebounding. Ironically, Tulsa has the leading rebounder in the conference. That is Jariah Horn. He's been there for 20 years, I feel like. Um, Cincinnati has Davenport at 18th. That's their highest. But you look at field goal percentage, they don't have anybody. You look at assists, you have Mike Adams-Woods at sixth, Mike Saunders Jr. at 11th, that's good. You go to free throw percentage, which does matter. No one in the top 13. Steals, you don't have anybody in the top 13, in the top 15. Three point percentage, you don't have anybody in the top five. Three-point field goals made. Davenport's got 42, and 2.47 a game is sixth in the conference. Block shots. Abdul Adu is fourth, with 1.6 blocks per game. Adams Woods leads the conference in assist-to-turnover ratio at 5.3. Saunders Jr. in fourth, so that's good there. Offensive rebounds. I mean, this is it's dominated by Houston. Josh Carlton, Jawan Roberts, Fabian White Jr. Um, Abdul, Adu is 11th in offensive rebounds per game. So that's good. Defensive rebounds. No one in the top 15. So you look at this roster, you look at this roster and there is a smattering of Bearcats in the top 15, 13, 10, five, whatever in the conference, as far as scoring is concerned. But it just speaks to the fact that is there really an alpha dog on this team? I don't think there is like, the last true alpha dog on this team was Jaron Cumberland. And this is a point I brought up last year. This was a point I brought up last year. I remember thinking going into last season when, you know, the the players thought they could make a run and I kind of bought into it because there, were, there was some returning veterans. You had some exciting young players come in. That I'm like, well, it's Cincinnati. You know, they, they're a tournament perennial. They're an annual contestant in the NCAA tournament. They'll find a way to get there. And they didn't ultimately. But I, I remember thinking, like, going into the last season was the first time since 2010, the 2010-11 season. Maybe even, maybe 2011-2012, since that's when Sean Kilpatrick really started to blossom as a sophomore. It was, like, who is, like, they don't have a true leader on this team, because you went from Kilpatrick to Troy Copain to Gary Clark to Jaron Cumberland. You didn't have that on last year's team. Who was the best player? Keith Williams? I mean, he was good, but he wasn't special. He wasn't great. Like, the luxury the Bearcats had going into John Brandon's final first season was Jaron Cumberland, because he was so good his junior year. He was a top three player in the conference. He was an alpha dog. And you look at all the performances he had his junior season. Most notably, the conference championship game against Houston, where he scored 33. He was the most outstanding player in the conference tournament for a reason. They were that good. And they don't have that this year at Cincinnati, like I said, like I've said. A player that can dominate so many you know, statistical categories. They had that in Jaron Cumberland. And you can say individual stats don't matter. But they sometimes can be an indicator of how good of a team and what kind of team you are. From what I just said, it shows that Cincinnati has some good players. But not nearly enough to comprise a team the caliber of Houston. Which ultimately the Bearcats are chasing in this conference. But you can't afford to lose games in this conference to an SMU, or I'm sorry, maybe even an SMU. They're 4 and 1. Their only loss coming to Cincinnati. But you can't afford to lose to Tulane again. You can't afford to lose to UCF. You can't afford to lose to South Florida. You can't afford to lose to. You, you can't afford to lose to Temple. You can't afford to lose games in this conference that you should win. Because every game in this conference is going to matter. They play Tulsa tonight. They're off this weekend. They go to Temple next Wednesday. That's a game they need to win. They go to ECU on Sunday, January 30th. That is going to be, you know, a a, a tough task. ECU is better this year than they've been in years past. And the Bearcats have, let's face it, struggled there the last three years. They lost in 2019. They should have lost in 2020, but they didn't. And they struggled in the first half last year against them. That's not an easy place to play. But this is an opportunity with three road games with two road games coming up and then you got you know Memphis and Houston February 3rd and February 6th that's a gauntlet right there of a home stretch like you need to win those games Houston maybe but I just think about I just think about you need to capitalize on your opportunities and maybe steal a win against Houston When you're a team that we knew was going to be maybe a rebuilding year. But you think about how this team is coming together. I was reading um, part of a, a story that Justin Williams wrote in The Athletic on Hayden Koval. And how Wes Miller recruited him to UNC Greensboro. And then he teams up with Jared Hensley. And both now end up at Cincinnati. So that's two pieces to this puzzle that are forming. And then you think about Mike Saunders Jr. and Mason Matson coming back. And you think about what, what Wes Miller is doing. Everything that we see, in, in, that we saw in that introductory press conference, and sometimes like that, you know, there was a great quote in that story that Wes Miller is the same, you know, what he tells you is what you're going to get. Sometimes they can embellish, perhaps, and sell harder than what you're actually going to get. But when you get what you're being sold from a head coach when they're recruiting you, that is massively important. And Wes Miller, everything he said in that press conference when he was introduced as head coach, we're seeing all of that. We are seeing all of that. Like, it is coming into fruition. It is coming together. You know, they're playing hard. They're not turning the ball over. They're playing with with an attitude that Cincinnati basketball has held for 30-plus years. I like it. But they still need to do those five things that I mentioned. Rebound a little bit better than their opponent. Shoot the three. Win all the games they're supposed to win. And then maybe steal a win in SMU or maybe Houston. Do all that and don't lay, lay an egg in the conference tournament which the last four conference tournaments, the Bearcats have played for a conference championship, then you might end up, on Selection Sunday, you might end up seeing your name revealed and hearing your name called. No better feeling than that. Coming up, I want to go back to the Brian Kelly days within the football program, because there was a point that Justin Williams brought up yesterday. As the Bearcats have now hired a an outside linebackers coach, Walter Stewart. And there's there was a point that he made that I thought about, and it makes it, it makes sense, and I can expand on it a little bit. You might be mad, you might not agree, but I'm gonna tell you it next on Lockdown Bearcats. Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as so we continue our march to the playoffs, and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats our first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. You know, I was just looking at, um, and you can order yours a hardback cover of Cincinnati's perfect season breaking down barriers. I, I am going to place my order. I cannot wait to see the photos that are in that book, the um, excerpts from journalists, many of whom I, I probably know and you do too. I know them on a personal level from my BearCast media days and still now to this day. I can't wait to see what they think because this is such a historic season. Like There are there are books you read on certain teams, like I know the Buccaneers. I haven't read their book yet, A Season in the Sun, um, from their Super Bowl championship season last year. That'd be interesting to read too, about like how much behind the scenes reporters and journalists got with the COVID nineteen pandemic happening. I, I'm very interested in seeing how that book is written, but you know there are books on. You know, the Philly special from the 2017 Eagles season, Sal Palantonio. I'm reading a book right now on a compilation of the Braves' 14 straight division titles in '91 through 2005 the Atlanta Braves. So the Bearcats now have one because they have had a historic season. Perfect season. First group of five team to make the college football playoff. I cannot wait to get my hands on that. Uh, Marquise Copeland, by the way, you heard that bet online, A.G. Marquise Copeland had a really sweet interception in the Rams victory Monday night over Arizona Uh, tipped the ball to himself, or I'm sorry it hit off of uh, Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner's hands it might might have been James Conner I think it was, and Copeland was right there to snag the interception Uh, he is he he was really good on Monday night and you know, I think the best game this week, I'm just going to say it right now is Bill's Chiefs In the divisional round. But the game I really want to see. And how it's going to play out. And I think it's going to be a lot different than some expect. I think the Rams are going to beat Tampa Bay. And I would bet that. If I were a betting man, I would. I am going to pick the Rams to beat Tampa Bay. That would be my bet of the week. LA to win outright. 27-20 in Tampa. So... The Bearcats hired a new outside linebackers coach in Walter Stewart. He played for the Bearcats from 2008 to 2012. He had 17 and a half sacks in his career. Um, This is interesting because now you have Kerry Combs, who was announced earlier this week that he's coming back, and now you have um, Walter Stewart. And both either played or coached under Brian Kelly. I like this move. I really do. And I was thinking about this. And I know that there are still some. I was at the game in Notre Dame this year. And what a a unique moment in that game. So Brian Kelly, the week prior, had just become the all-time winningest coach. Was it the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame? No, I believe it was his 100th win. Or 200th win. Now I'm getting all confused. It had to have been. Let me think about that for a minute. This was right after Brian Kelly became the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame. And when they showed that on the video board, of course the Notre Dame fans cheered, but the Bearcat fans' booze could be hurt. But I think you have to understand, Brian Kelly has a lasting impact here at Cincinnati. Brian Kelly should be viewed, and this is all stemming from the fact that these coaches that have been hired this week, Kerry Combs and Walter Stewart, are disciples of Brian Kelly in the form of either a player or a coach. And this is significant. Brian Kelly should be viewed in a positive light, and I haven't touched on this since this podcast launched, but but I, I am in the same camp that Mo Egger is in. I was happy when Brian Kelly came back to be honored. I don't like the way he left. I certainly don't like the way he left Notre Dame. You think leaving, it was bad when he left Cincinnati. Leaving, the way he left Notre Dame, oh, that was pathetic. That was pathetic. So, but Brian Kelly here in Cincinnati should be viewed in a positive light if you put aside what happened. For one, he put this program on the map. He made people care. Number two is he's a, he was a great Cincinnati recruiter. Think about the number of players that were on the University of Cincinnati football teams of two thousand seven, eight, nine that hailed from Cincinnati, headlined by Tony Pike. Number three, he pushed previous boundaries surrounding the program. No longer did were they just playing in like a you know uh, uh, the humanitarian bowl every year. No, they were going to BCS bowl games. That before Brian Kelly got here, this was never thought possible. There is an excerpt from somebody I forget who it is. You know that they remember they were they remember when Cincinnati lost to Penn State eighty one to nothing, and that was in nineteen ninety one. Seventeen years later, they're on a bus getting ready to play Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. That's how significant that was for the University of Cincinnati. Brian Kelly made things possible for this football program that weren't possible before. Number four, um, he made this program bigger than what it actually was because it was still a mid-major football program. He had Cincinnati playing for, you know, a chance to play for a national championship. A national championship. That most certainly was not possible in the 90s. There's not a lot of Bearcats football history. But a lot of it starts when Brian Kelly took over as head coach. A lot of history that you know probably began in 2007 when Cincinnati won 10 games. And then won 10 games the next year in 08. And then had a 12-1 and record in 2009. And the impact on the university that this had... People, again, started to care about football. People started to care about recruiting, who was coming in as recruits. If the Bearcats were playing for a conference championship, they cared. It's what eventually led to Nimpert Stadium being renovated. It's why people were so angry when Tommy Tuberville bottomed out the program. It's why people care so much now about Luke Fickle and hold him in such high regard and standing in the city. Because Brian Kelly got that started with this football program, and number six, I think he and, and he has something to do with with the football as a citywide in Cincinnati, and at the university becoming football centric. That's what he started. Because yes, the Bengals were popular when Brian Kelly took over as head coach, but then people realized, oh, now the college football team is good here. And it is unique that a big city like Cincinnati has such a really good football program that's now made the college football playoff. That's another way to look at why this city is becoming a football town. And the university is becoming football-centric. I'm not saying basketball is completely going by the wayside, but I am saying that it's becoming perhaps its most popular sport. Like, football is the most popular sport in America. And once it becomes that at a university and in a city, it is very, very difficult, if not impossible, to dethrone that. Other news um, surrounding the coaching staff. Colin Hitchler, the safeties coach, is now going to be the co-defensive coordinator with Mike Trestle. Uh Nate Letton, a graduate assistant on offense this year, um, a name to watch to move to the tight end. Uh, a name to watch for the tight ends positions. Uh, Mike Brown, the wide receivers coach, has added passing game coordinator to his title, with Gino Gadulli now being promoted to offensive coordinator. So a lot happening surrounding the football program. Again, Bearcats in Tulsa tonight. Recap tomorrow um, on Friday's show, last show of the week. Uh, this is some good stuff. Been good stuff this week. So... As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. That's Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and you can email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's Alex, all lowercase, the number three, Frank, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And thank you once again for making Locked on Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now stay tuned to make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop, For all your gambling needs, Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis. Your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.